You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey people, how are you doing? We're live. My name is Matt Phillips, creativefunchetlive.com. And this is episode 171 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast, recorded normally at eight o'clock every Tuesday on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. Um, But tonight we're at the slightly later time of nine o'clock for reasons which will become evident um, shortly. Um, Actually, um, because of problems we've had with the YouTube YouTube stream over the last two episodes, until it's fixed, we're also streaming to Facebook. So if you've joined us live, like I said, if something goes wrong with the YouTube feed, which I know it has in the last two episodes and they're looking into it, then you can also watch the stream on the Sports Therapy Association open group where anyone can join. Um, and if you're an STA member, you can also watch it being streamed on the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page. That's for STA members. Um, bear in mind, if you are joining us tonight for the live recording from the open group, then because it's a Facebook group, um, then you need to click on the link, which is at the bottom of the screen here and also in the post. Um, it's https colon dash dash b dot live slash comments hyphen issue. And that's just a one off permission you need to give to Facebook that they allow you to show your questions and comments on the screen. That's all. Once you've done that, you'll be able to comment and chat to our guests live. So we are continuing the countdown to Therapy Expo 2023. Um, which is happening at the NEC Birmingham this November 22nd and 23rd, bringing you as guests speakers who will be presenting in the STA Update Theatre. And the case of most of them, they're also appearing in um, the other theatres at Therapy Expo, um, including the Hands-On Hub. Talking of the Hands-On Hub, um, my thanks go out to last week's guests who joined me. Um, in episode 170, we had the pleasure of spending an hour with James Earls and Owen Lewis of Born to Move and Anna Maria Mazzieri, the director of the ST School and creator of the very popular Hands on Hub Area Therapy Expo. Um, all three of these are wonderful educators in our industry um, and they will be in the STA theatre at some point. You can see therapyexpo.co.uk for details and also in the main theatres. And as you might have seen released today, they've also got together, and I was part of this, I'll just add that disclaimer now, this creation of the story, which is a concept um, a few of us put together, which produces five principles. And the idea of these principles is together they play a hugely important part um, in being a modern evidence-informed practitioner. So there were heterarchy, integrated anatomy, natural movement, play, and critical thinking. If you want more information on that, then go and listen to the episode. It's there on YouTube if you wish to watch it. Or if you prefer listening, then go to any of the podcast apps of your choice and it will be there. You can also go to the STA webpage, which is the sta.co.uk podcast. If you look at the podcast link, you'll see all links to all the podcasts there as well. So there we go. That was last week. Right. Anyway, back to tonight. Uh, my guest is Sonia Fierro, osteopath and founder of Recover Stronger. Sonia is a fantastic educator, has been on the podcast, I think, three times before, talking about uh, CrossFit, flexibility, mobility, and also the myths in CrossFit. That was episodes 84 and 82. And also in episode 121, talking about pre-post-pregnancy, talking about guidelines and her own experience. And tonight we'll also be joined by Alia, who is uh, Sonia's little one, which is the reason we're coming out at nine o'clock tonight, because that's when Alia is going to be asleep, isn't it? Uh, 
not necessarily. I think we're going to be joined by both of them, but that's fine because, like I said to Sonia, Alia is part of what makes Sonia Fierro Sonia Fierro, and we're very excited to have her at uh, the STA or in the STA Update Theatre um, this year. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, in particular, her main presentation in the STA Update Theatre, which is going to be um, on the 11.30 a.m. on day two, which is the Thursday, and that's going to be simply titled Functional Flexibility, which is a great topic, very topical at the moment, with people questioning some of the um, conceptions and ideas we have about flexibility and is there too much stretching going on and this sort of thing. So that's good. It's going to be a great episode. As always, if you joined us live and you want to comment, then feel free. There's people in the lounge as we speak now. Glenn Murphy is here. He's come up onto the screen as I speak. Um, like I say, if you're joining us from the Facebook open group, then you will need to need, click that link um, that's at the bottom of the page or in the comments. Okay, I'll put it up again during the show just so you can see it. Um, and I'll read it out briefly for you just so you you listening can see it um if you do want to join us and leave some comments then you are going to need to go to the normal https colon slash slash and then b.live forward slash comments um hyphen issue okay you just need to do it once and then you never have to do it again right time enough done I'm going to press the button. I can't guarantee she's going to be with us straight away because, like I say, she's got a little uh, just over, I think, 18-month-old now with her. So we'll see how it goes. But it gives me great pleasure to bring you um, Sonia Fierro of Recover Stronger. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey, Sonia. Hi. Hi, hey. everyone. Well, I reckon we got two minutes, no? How, how yeah, we... <laughs> pretty much. Of course, like it's gonna be asleep, not even close tonight. <laughs> but it's it's kind of cool in a way, if anything is cool at this time in an eighteen months looking after an eighteen month year old. Because we were just saying off air, um, I think the first time I met you was a uh, two years ago at Therapy Expo, where you were presenting with Robert Crowley. You were doing yeah. a great presentation. I had the pleasure of introducing that, and that's when. I discovered, and I don't think many other people knew that you were pregnant with a little one yeah. here. <laughs> and then the year later, we had the pleasure of meeting her, crawling around um, at the uh, Update Theatre when you were there presenting, uh, as yeah. you will be this year with the, with the Women in Sports Therapy. Um, and now a year on and 18 months. Yeah. And much more relaxing, I imagine. No, it's all sorted now, isn't it? Plain sailing. <laughs> oh, of course, uh, all sorted. <laughs> Living through the night and it's a roller coaster. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast and you can't see the sarcasm on Sonia's face at the moment, then there is a, a lot of sarcasm there. Yeah. And I think little Alia is making mummy's life challenging, but yet rewarding at the same time. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it, childhood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you hear me making weird noises or saying things in Italian, it's not for you, it's for her. <laughs> yeah, that's important as well if you listen to the podcast. Yeah, there will sounds like there's going to be two Sonnies tonight, one in Italian, uh, speaking in a baby voice and another talking to me. But anyway, um, I mean, it's very interesting. You've been on the Women in Sports Therapy podcast as well, UK West, talking about the challenges of having a, um, a newborn and then a toddler um, and being a woman in the industry and how things have changed for you is it still that's not what the whole show is gonna be about tonight but meeting you again and seeing you is it still a challenge mixing work with this obviously it's kind of a loaded question uh, for me and my particular situation and where i live and everything yes is uh, is quite a challenge 
of course she's had to pick like the noisy story right now um because a lot of clinics expect uh early and late shifts a lot of clinics um this is especially around london uh with us for weekends especially saturday and is a challenge for someone that hasn't really got um family around and you know anyone else that can really take care of her uh, the evening shifts are probably one of the hardest for me because she's you know breastfeeding she needs someone at night and childcare doesn't really happen until 8 or 9 p.m you know by the time you you will be home yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating episode you did, like I say, with, with Dr. Fiona Higgs. And, and we did have, I know Fiona sent to me, she had, it struck a note with a lot of female therapists who are going through similar things. Um, it is tricky. Um, and obviously, unfortunately, we, we talk about how we're getting better with the quality and things like that. But it's a totally different ballgame if you're a mum or mother with a kid. Um, yeah. People do treat you differently, don't they? Um, but like I say, yes, people. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. There is, you know, there is, of course, a part of that as well. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, that's a, a different topic from tonight, but a lot, like, when I was studying osteopathy, there was actually a lot of um, mums and even new mums because they wanted a job that they could do from home. And, oh, my God, sorry. That's fine. No, you keep <laughs> going. It's fine. That, like, they didn't have to go, uh, you know, to the office for, etc. But then unless you are like in a village or you have your own setup maybe at home um like there's other challenges yeah yeah no definitely right well like i said it's a topic which we could talk about all evening but oh, if yeah. you haven't listened to it um listen to the uk wist episode women in sports therapy with dr fiona higgs it's a great episode um and really worth checking in but tonight maybe um a little about you for people who don't you it's quite an amazing life you've had up to now you know um tell us a little bit about things you've been involved in and, and how you got to where you are today yeah so i um i actually like studied something completely different when you know i finished high school uh so i went in marketing and media worked um a few years in in that environment and in photography that's kind of the time when i moved to london um and uk and then um, I, I kind of got bored <laughs> with, you know, the office life. Uh, growing up, I was an athlete myself. I've always been involved in sport. I always thought I would do something with that. Like my dream was to be a professional athlete, but I got injured. Um, and um, then I stopped training basically through university and the first few years of work. Um, when I was here, I got fed up with the office and at the same time I got into CrossFit um, and that's where I rediscovered. I think it was the first, you know, it was the, the years of, I don't know if people know about this, but Sapo Leopard and Kalista mm-hmm. Rag becoming quite famous is when, you know, the crossbows and foam roller and bends uh, became popular and I was like, oh, actually I would like to do that. Uh, what can I do? Um, at the time I had to support myself um, I was working full time, so physiotherapy wasn't really an option because you have to go to university full time. So I went down the route of sports therapy. Uh, I qualified as a sports therapist along, uh, you know, my office job, and then eventually I made the move, uh, working for myself. Uh, and then I joined an amazing physiotherapist who was 
Uh, he had a private practice, so I was working private practice um, with him, but he was also the lead physio for um, British Diving. So that's how I got involved uh, with elite sport. So I started working alongside him. I learned so much uh, from him and from um, the sports physician, the sports medicine doctor uh, that was part of the same team. Uh, and then from there, I worked as um, a sports therapist lead for a rugby team, just a local one. Uh, and then, yeah, just kept going, set up my, my own clinic. I've always been involved because I was a crossfitter and then I got into weightlifting and later on in powerlifting, always involved in sports, strength sports. Uh, I always set up my clinic within gyms or you know CrossFit boxes. Um, and then I, I kept my elite um, sport work as well. I worked with British fencing, uh, quite a few international competitions I covered for them as well. Uh, a little bit of British swimming and diving um, again through the years um, and then uh, motor racing, endurance motor racing as well. I was at Le Mans when was that? 2020? It was kind of in between the lockdowns I think or the I, time time goes past <laughs> by so fast. Uh, at some point after the first bout of COVID, maybe after the second one as well, uh, and that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, um, yeah, Alia came along. I've been working on and off uh, in the online world as well, programming for people. So that's what like I kind of focus on now. Oh yeah, along that I. Qualified as an osteopath as well. <laughs> Just squeeze that in there in between setting kind of like deadlift world records and things. Yeah, also did study to be an osteopath and amazing. Yeah, such a such an interesting past. Um, um, there's a wonderful couple of episodes we've got with you talking about CrossFit and stuff. Um, and and else and that's going to come back tonight because you mentioned like for example Kelly Starrett and and Supple Leopard and stuff. Is it? I mean, I don't want to. The guy was in some ways so ahead of his time and very magnetic and has done an awful lot of good. I'll, put, I'll say that first of all for the fitness industry. He's really made a lot of debates happen. But when it comes to things like some of the things he was prescribing, like 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 the, the how hard he proposed that you rolled yourself out with kind of like devices. And did he go a little, did he swing the pendulum a little bit too far away and, and cause us to kind of have a bit of a, smell when we heard the word crossfit yeah i i think like you're saying it's done a lot of good and i think like the really um the big benefit that uh, he introduces that made a lot more people aware of the fact that you need to take care of your own body and especially if you do uh, well any sport or, or even a, any activity as, you know, just a recreational athlete, you still have to take care of your body. Uh, it's not just about, you know, getting a treatment. Uh, but then I think is, you know, it's something that happens with any brand really, or mm, uh, any enough. branded, you know, therapy or um, like philosophy that you kind of have to like go all on and full on on whatever you're saying and I think that's what happened so it's always been everything about you know from rolling and pressing here and there and bends and and of course it's been too much because if you only do that it still doesn't work and then it got I think hung up on a, a few concepts that 
Well, I don't personally agree with. I know there's other coaches that don't agree with. For example, like is is stand on how you should squat and your squatting position. But you know, I think it's part of anything. I could, you know, I could find something in most philosophies that are a brand, that are you know a certification. Uh, there's always going to be something that maybe doesn't stand up to the evidence as much, uh, but because it was part of, you know, their branding, their marketing is, is hard for, for them to come away from that. That's a great answer. It's probably one of the greatest answers I've ever heard when it comes to commenting on that. So yeah, that's great. I love it. And, and that kind of ties into what um, you're going to be talking about at um, Therapy Expo. Just to bring it up on the screen for those of you who do like a little flash of image on the screen. If you listen to the podcast, you can't see this, but on the screen we just got here, it's, it's just basically taken from the program at Therapy Expo. So 23rd of November, which is day two, 11.30. Um, Sonia is going to be in the STA, which is the Sports Therapy Association Update Theatre, um, talking about functional flexibility um, and some of the myths and misconceptions. So I mean, it's a, it's suddenly become a very interesting topic. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much of your talk. Oh, no, let's, I'm not going to put anything into it. What is the goal of your talk? Let's start off with that. What's your aim for people who come along to listen to you? So for the STA talk, um, the aim is really trying to put into practice some of the principles that I've talked about in the podcast before, that I talk about in my, uh, for example, Instagram page and uh, uh, that I will be presenting the day before at Therapy Expo. Um, I think when it comes to flexibility and mobility and, you know, all of that, um, people are not really sure what to do anymore because for, you know, before it was, oh, stretch everything. And then uh, we went all, uh, you know, the opposite way to, you know, never stretch. You just need mobility. And now we are kind of coming back somewhere in the middle with more evidence, uh, you know, being available, but also with people that are actually um, looking at the evidence that was out there and saying, wait a minute, actually nobody has ever said that this doesn't work. Uh, we just need to be able to apply correctly. Um, and in the past few years, as you said, I've talked about this before um, here in other podcasts uh, and a therapy expo, but I think it can still remain quite um, confusing for people and not really... Um, you know, you may not be able to apply what I talk about um, unless you you see examples. So the idea is to yeah bring some case studies or uh, what I would love uh, is for actually people that are there and they are in the public to, you know, say, OK, I have this issue or I have this person with this issue. And then, you know, talk about that together with the principles that I have. Uh, presented the day before and come up with okay this is an idea of starting plan that we could do for this person and show some exercises so it wants to be a an active interactive and yeah let's move around session that's great and that's that's such a nice idea and hopefully it'll be something which on day one you'll be able to let people know about but yeah people aren't familiar with therapy expo you've got the you've got the kind of 
inclusion theatres where the doors are shut and no one else can get in um, with kind of seats for 100 or so, or sometimes more. And then you've got the external STA theatre. And then also next to us uh, for the second time, we're going to have the Hands on Hub, which is run by Anna-Maria Mazzieri, last week's guest. And they're both open air theatres. So it's a really nice chance for people to ask questions, get more interactive. People walking around can hear it and suddenly stop, which is lovely. They're the people you want to reach. I mean, it's yeah. nice to have your fad boys at the front kind of going, Sonia, Sonia. That's good. That's good for you go with the T-shirts on. But um, but it's also lovely to reach people as educators who haven't heard of this before and suddenly go, oh, that sounds interesting. So, yeah, definitely interactive will be great. And I'll be there trying to get people to, yeah, feel confident to actually ask you questions face-to-face. Yeah, it's always uh, that little challenge, right? People are always a little bit scared. But we're on day two, so hopefully they, you know, oh, they go over fine. that. Yeah, yeah, it won't take long at all. It won't take long at all. So I always think, first of all, that when it comes to these discussions, which we'll get into a little bit, I think I, I think one of the stumbling blocks maybe that people get confused or right if you're wrongfully is kind of the difference between flexibility and mobility is mm-hmm. it important to distinguish them or do you think people are getting too bogged down with it uh i think it depends on the way you're talking about that um i still think that semantics is important um and i you know i think i take a lot of this from you know the person i have learned so much about flexibility from um and you know the the entire course I've done, uh, I think is important because that empowers you know the person, the client, the patient uh, um, to actually be in charge of their own journey and their own recovery, and you know be able to really look after their bodies. Um, sometimes we tend to simplify things a little bit too much, in my opinion, and that's not always conducted to them actually know what to do uh and you know some people may just do it because they really want to help and simplifying things seems like a good way to help the person but then as we were saying before there are some brands out there that i don't particularly agree with because they tend to oversimplify and to me it's almost like considering that the the person in front of them is not smart enough to understand Mm -hmm. um like the truth is uh, um so yeah i think he's important the difference so uh what is out there and what most people think the difference is is that flexibility is passive um and is you know it's your passive range of motion so they think as stretching as passive stretching whereas mobility is usually described as the active range of motion so what you can use of that range um, in reality, in the literature, mobility is moving from point A to point B in space. So that's why mobility tools usually are occupational therapy uh, gadgets. So is your walker, is your crutches, is something that gets that person from one point in, sp- like in space to another one. Um, whereas everything else has been flexibility, but they got kind of muddled up because okay. some brands started. So to know, give us an idea, I mean, you, you, you do mentorship, so you probably speak to a lot of therapists. What's, what do you think some of our listeners may, what mistakes do you think they may be doing with their clients 
because of misinformation and misconceptions they've got about flexibility? What are some maybe maybe a I case history? Or... The I would say there's two that are equally as important. So one um, is that they think that stretching will help um, with injuries in terms of stretching after activities. Um, and we actually don't have much evidence of that. Like if you go for a run and then you stretch a bit your muscles, there's not really much evidence that says that it's going to prevent any injuries down the line. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a preventative uh, um, side of stretching, but it, it's not that. It doesn't work like that. Um, the <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Just That's fine. You're doing a grand job. Um, don't worry. The way stretching helps prevent injuries is when... Okay, yeah, you want to say something too? Mm. Is uh, when you actually actively work at uh, creating more length so they can prevent, for example, uh, pull, like pull muscles. Alia, hey, Baba, one moment. Yeah, one moment. Good. Um, so that's one. And the other one is because there's been so much focus on mobility and active range in the last probably 10 years now, um, they completely disregard stretching and they say stretching is not needed and, you know, it's something that you don't have to waste time doing. Uh, I think those are the two biggest misconceptions. And as I will show you in a, you know, therapy expo, uh, it doesn't quite work like that. That's fantastic. I mean, it's quite, I mean, it's not surprising, is it? Because we live in a very polarized world now. Facebook and all the kind of algorithms have made sure that it's just yes or no, it's black and white, it's love it, hate it, you know, everything is like that. So it's not surprised therapists are getting swept away in that. But it's interesting because I'm, I know that, for example, okay, my gait analysis presentation is very similar to yours in that I think people used to do all the wrong stuff with gait analysis. And now they're thinking gait analysis is not worth doing at all because you can't tell how someone runs. and There's no point putting anyone on a treadmill. And it's kind of like reeling them back in again. The pendulum's gone too far the other way. Yeah. And I know a couple of other speakers who are doing the same thing. You know, 10 years ago, they were saying one thing and now everyone's gone too far the other way. And I'm hoping that that's quite a healthy thing. If, if most of the presentations are about, you know what? enjoy the place in the middle don't expect everything to be at either side that that sounds quite good for therapy doesn't it i think it is i think it is um it probably makes it a lot more challenging and i think this is one of the reasons why the polarization kind of happened mm-hmm. uh, you know as social media developed like you're saying is you know that's the place where there is a lot of black and white but a lot of uh, you know the certifications and brands um, kind of grew in the last 10 years as well. And of course, anything that is polarized is a little bit easier to sell because you can go against something else and it's a lot harder to sell the it depends. Because as I was saying before, it leaves people, <laughs> it leaves people, like it doesn't give them something they can apply straight away. Yeah. And that is, and that is really challenging, but it's also the beauty of our profession. It's also the beauty of our profession. Sorry. That's fine. You keep going. No, I mean, that is something that is an element which I think listeners to the podcast will be familiar with now because so many of our guests um, have said 
that one of the challenges of being a therapist is just accepting the fact that you haven't got all the answers and just learning to be a bit more humble and just being being content with saying to your client, this is interesting, we're going to look into this. I don't know exactly what's going on at the moment because you're human. You wouldn't say that. But the fact is we can't pre-condestine what is going on with humans because there's so many different variables and humans are a very complex as opposed to complicated which is a lovely distinction complicated is like right. a car but if you've got the manual and you learn it you can fix anything you know or throw it away but complex means there's different factors intertwining and giving us scenarios which are totally different every single time that person walks in the room and there's not a manual for it so it's tricky though because like you say um marketing and selling and and the old-fashioned way of being a therapist is we can learn it and we can fix anybody you know, and everybody who walks in suddenly has got the thing we studied last month. And it's, no, it's very interesting what you say. Um, what I am interested in, and I'm going to just talk until Ali is happy and, and you are okay. content. I don't know whether you are familiar with, because you very admirably don't spend too much time on social media because you haven't got time. You've got other <laughs> far more important things to do. But there is a current trend at the moment about a couple of papers that came out um, in 23 and I think one in 20 about highlighting how stretching, I think I can use that word, um, can actually strengthen muscles and cause hypertrophy. Okay. Now I get the impression, I feel that a lot of people have jumped on this and kind of gone, right, I told you stretching was good. And a lot of people have come out of the woodwork and are now saying, that's it. Everybody's got to stretch. I get the impression that they haven't actually looked into the papers in enough detail because the amount of stretching you need to do to get hypertrophy is pretty much something that no one's going to want to do. I mean, one paper suggests it's got to be something like an hour of maximum stretch every day for six weeks, which I don't think many people are going to hold on to a, a calf stretch for an hour, but it's still significant. And it's interesting how none of us ever, and I'm guilty of this, none of us ever made that association of stretching is still a load. It's still a stress. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and that definitely opens a door to, oh, actually, I can listen to this now because any load will cause an adaptation from the body. So are you into this? Have you been following this and seeing what's going on? And is it interesting? I know the papers you refer to. Um, mm. I'll be completely honest. I haven't, like, spent time to really look at the details um, of, like, those specific papers. So I don't know um, as as much, but... Like there's been papers in, in the past few years, I think a couple of I actually referenced in my talks um, last year and the year before um, that, you know, I've looked at, at stretching, passive um, passive flexibility, passive static stretching uh, in different ways. And that's, I think, always been one of the issues with this. Uh, with flexibility and the papers is that, like you're saying, sometimes the protocols are not realistic uh, to apply in real life, but we know that there is uh, um, some people that have been experimenting with these, and one of them is uh, gymnastic bodies that I've actually been using and following for years. They actually use a lot of stretching. Um, some of it is not stretching; it's like what would be classed as mobility. So, stat uh, sorry, dynamic active um, type of flexibility in between exercises um, and you know, now we have some papers that support that, that say that if you do some work in between your sets, for example, you can create more hypertrophy and still see uh, your range changing in a positive way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, like some people jumping on that. 
Uh, and that's nice. always, you know, the case. In, uh, ah, you're very wise. Maybe it's because yeah. you did. You said you were in marketing originally, weren't you? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you know, you know what marketing is about. So it's interesting having that combination with you. But it's up to people like you. Thankfully, we've got you and, and hopefully a lot of other speakers in Therapy Expo, which kind of point this out. Because otherwise, it's, yeah, marketing's powerful and it exists for a reason. Yeah. What about, I'm really interested to hear from you an example of where you think it could be make-believe or something you've heard where a client or where a therapist has dismissed stretching where it could actually have helped and should have been part of a rehab program or something. Can you think of the top of your head of something which, or a scenario where someone might go, oh, you don't need to stretch that, or that's going to be dangerous, where really it should have been done? Well, I mean, I, I can't, like, say a specific, you know, case or describe a specific case, but I think it's been happening like everywhere and probably I'm also guilty of that like you know I've been through that same journey because what what I learned when I was studying sports therapy first and even with my degree that didn't finish that long ago just a couple of years ago with the osteopathy degree like that's what you hear now is like oh stretching is kind of bad because it's passive because you don't learn to control the range it's mobility what you need so I also kind of stepped away a little bit from stretching for a few years and prescribed mostly mobility exercises and then like once I started actually reading more researching more and studying more about flexibility uh, because it's something I always enjoyed and um, had an interest even as an athlete when I was uh, younger um, I kind of went back Um, so for me the biggest uh, um, mistake is that like people don't realize that you can't strengthen or you can't learn to control a range that you don't have. And That's you're good. not going to really get much in terms of a bigger range unless you have that passively. And we know that the best way to improve that is passive static stretching. Um, yes, you can use loads, you can... Uh, you know, there is a paper, again, that's been misinterpreted a lot, uh, that said that um, strength training, so basically uh, being under a load can be as effective as passive static stretching, uh, but it depends how you do it. If you always train, you know, in half of your range, you're not going to get more range out of that. Like, if you're always squatting half squats, you're not going to get a deeper squat by just mm-hmm. squatting under load, no matter like how much you load. And that's where we see a lot of people, for example, in strength sports that can't access bigger ranges. But And then, you know, they see this paper saying, oh, no, but that one said that, you know, I don't need stretching. I can just, you know, use weights. It's like, well, it still depends how you use them, how you apply that. Um, yeah, people forget the flexibility is this kind of container, is the box within you can apply all the other fitness components. So you can't be strong in a range you don't have. You can't be agile, powerful, you know, coordinated. Like there is nothing that happens outside the range you can access. Fantastic. No, I like I like the way you put that. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, because if you haven't got the flexibility is a very important part of mobility as well as other factors. And if you haven't got it, then that's going to hamper your mobility. So, yeah. Yeah. How where um like what I would love to like show um during the talk at therapy expo is that side of things where well 
I'm not a fan of the word functional because often functional, you know, can't change it now. That's the title of your talk. Sorry. Yeah. Um, because it's often associated with certain exercises, you know, the right. CrossFit, the mm. high intensity, like functional fitness word. Uh, and it's not that like is actually applying something to like your goal. Um, in that, you know, that's the sense of functional flexibility. Yeah. So, we can show how if you don't have a range and you need it because of your sport or even just because of your activity of, you know, daily life, um, how we can work towards that with passive and active uh, type of flexibility. But then there is the reverse of that as well, where you may have too much flexibility that you can't control. Uh, and this happens, for example, with other mobile people. And, you know, we know that they can have quite a lot of pain as well. And working flexibility is important for them too. It's just a completely different way. Like we need to learn to control and to apply brakes in that case. It's not more range. Excellent. So if I get it, if I understand right, a lot of what you're saying is is you've got to really study the person in front of you in, in an individual case-by-case basis and see what they need. Um, and as soon as you start saying, oh, yeah, everybody needs this, everybody needs that, then, then they're failing. Thinking of that, what about different populations? So, for example, I mean, you know, I work with runners and 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 you know that kind of historically I've kind of suggested that if you can walk, then you've got enough. I don't know what word to say here now, flexibility or mobility. Well, flexibility. If you can walk, you've got enough flexibility, for example, in your um, in the pelvis for hip extension to actually run because the increase isn't that much. It's a couple of degrees. So everyone doing these hip flexor stretches to try and get more hip extension, you've only got about 15 before your pelvis gets in the way. So I've always kind of warned runners that for running, unless you're sprinting, which is another sport, you probably don't need to increase that range you're talking about as much as you yeah. think in contrast to a play artist. But what about kind of everyday populations? Because I can imagine that even people, sports people could lack flexibility. If anything, sports people, depends on the sport, but what I'm trying to say is everyday people who don't do sport, do you find in your experience that that's where the flexibility may be an issue? It can be. Yeah, for sure. It can be. Um, we like, we need to like remember that our uh, lifestyle is not exactly conductive to keeping the body mobile um even just you know general activity um mobility like uh, movement uh, um sometimes like people can access that there's also hey i know i know can mama finish this talk just 10 minutes you get your book yeah trying to convince her um so sorry let me let, let me like get one moment one moment uh, one moment um yeah, so you, see, that's fine you calm it down a little bit so yeah it is true we've had a lot of guests saying that <laughs> Everyday life is about less and less moving, sadly, whether it's sitting in your car, sitting at the desk. Um, people are not using the range they've got. And we were talking about this with, who was it last? Oh, I think it was with James Earls of Born to Move, you know, just pointing out that yeah. life is getting very sedentary. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so it's not surprising. So, yes, what I was saying is that, you know, our lifestyle is not really conductive to movement in general. So we can see a decrease even in that basic flexibility that we need for just our normal life. And then uh, we know that we age, we lose some of our flexibility. Um, so if you combine everything and, you know, movement or training, you know, activities for the elderly are not really common nowadays. Again, there's people that are really changing the narrative again. Uh, but, oh, oh, they uh, but uh, you know, it's not common. So we see a big decline in uh, just normal flexibility and even something as simple as, uh, you know, reaching for the top shelf. Uh, um, we know that a lot of people in their 40s or 50s can get problems with shoulders. If the range is not there, we need, we need to restore that. But what you were saying about running, and I, I think we talked about this before. Mm. I know, I know. We are, Mama is almost done, okay? Huh? Okay. Mm. <laughs> Mom, I'm just going to keep waving. Away from the screen doesn't really work. I just um, like, you don't need, uh, I think that's something that people really associate with flexibility. It's like, oh, flexibility is something that you do to get the splits or, you know, a bridge or some crazy position. It's or like, just touch no. your toes. Like, Sorry, a lot of people touch see touching yeah. toes as a sign of fitness. And yeah. yet, I don't think, even in everyday life and in a lot of sports, actually, definitely in running, touching your toes seems to be not a top priority and yet it's still held as like yeah. even in police tests i still meet police and firemen who are being trained and one of their fitness tests is how close yeah. can you get in the sit and reach yeah, test yeah. and it's like you know that there is the standard positions are again difficult to to choose because there is not something that really means that you're healthier or you know you're not gonna have problems or anything like that and we always need to like choose what the ranges that we are aiming for based on the activity that we are doing so yeah if i have a runner coming to me and you know they have problems but you know they have enough range for running unless they are interested because they want you know they enjoy or they want to do more mm. um, range flexibility work is not something I would prioritize depending on their age. I may, yeah, yeah. I may suggest that they keep some of it mm. just because, you know, the decline. And I actually have a, a runner triathlete um, client Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so very hard. Uh, you know, they made a comment about that not long ago saying that basically she she wants to keep doing, she knows she doesn't need more yeah, yeah, yeah. range, but she wants to keep doing the flexibility work because she doesn't want to get any worse. Mm. Like she's, uh, you know, close to her 50s. So of course, like she sees a little bit of a decline. And then... Uh, you know, we know that static stretching, for example. Oh my God! Let's give you a little bit of time. Whilst we're sorting out little Alia, 
who is obviously missing mummy. I'm just going to bring up, um, and I'll read this out loud. Um, it's not just the update theatre, obviously, which Sonia is appearing in. Sonia's, Sonia is a very popular speaker, has been at Therapy Expo for multiple years, and this year is no exception. So um, I've already mentioned the one in the ST Update Theatre, which is uh, on the second day, 11.30. <clears throat> if we go back to Wednesday, the first day, which is the 22nd of November, um, Sonia is going to be part of a four um, women panel um called uh, Women in Sports Therapy Panel, hosted by Dr. Fiona Higgs. And it's going to be a chance for Sonia Fierro to take the stage with Anna Maria Mazzieri will be there, Michelle Lyons, a female pelvic health specialist, and also Dr. Fiona Higgs um, to talk about being a woman in, in kind of the sports therapy business, which is going to be great. It was really popular last year, very interactive, um, a definite you know go-to if you're interested in that kind of thing to do with therapy. But then on the Wednesday at Theatre B, there is uh, at four o'clock in the afternoon, Flexibility Isn't Dead, Effective Rehab and Performance Flexibility Programming. Um, and I'm interested in on the Thursday in the morning before SPA, it's back pain lifting the why, when and how of training the deadlift. And the deadlift is such a an art, it seems, which so many dvds and instructions and different versions of it out of there um, and i'm sure many of our listeners um give the deadlift and the many variations that are there and i'm interested in people who are listening in the lounge for example do you give deadlifts what version of the deadlift do you give um have you got any personal rules as to what you should do what you shouldn't do anything you think is linked to back pain and then when Sonia gets a chance, I'm interested in, she mustn't give it all away, obviously, because you have to go to Theatre B for that. But I'm interested in hearing what the links are between pain and the deadlift. I'm just going to take that off the screen. <laughs> so, yeah, without giving too much of it away, deadlifting and back pain. Interesting topic. I mean, yeah. we're talking to somebody who, is that you've got the world record? Is he still got the world record or something? No. I wish I had the world it, record. It, no, uh, it was... Uh, it was It was a national record that, yeah. unfortunately, um, has been taken from me. Not for now, long for ago. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you must, you've got a lot of experience of the deadlift. Yeah, give us a couple of ideas linking back pain and deadlift. So, sorry, couldn't hear you there. Okay. Anya, Anya, can you, can you, can you, can you? She doesn't want Come to do it anymore. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on tonight with all this. I think she's very tired. Actually, no, that's okay. If she is um, needs to go to bed, then we could wrap things up if you want. I was just interested in the deadlift and back pain, but for that, people are going to have yeah. to go to theatre B for it. So I'm going to wrap it up because otherwise she's going to start just just exploding. Yeah. So Sorry, I don't. I don't think we can last any longer. No, that's it's okay. You can go whenever you um, like, Sonia. I can tell people how to get in contact with you, okay? You can stay yeah, there or go yeah. whatever you like. Really quickly, yes. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a connection there. That's fine. So we can't actually hear Sonia anymore. But 
if you do want to follow Sonia, then like I say, um, the best way to do it is probably the Instagram account. If you're in the live lounge, then I'm going to just put a little page this up on the screen already. Um, it's a fantastic Instagram account. Um, it gives Instagram everything it's supposed to be. It's very visual. It's divided up wonderfully into different categories. And there's a whole load of great free CPD on there. Obviously, there's links. Um, Sonia's got courses. She's got mentorship going on as well. Um, but even it's one of these great examples of where just going to the Instagram feed, which is recover.stronger. Um, just look up Sonia Fierro on Instagram and, um, and you will see um, a load of information there, which I would suggest that you do check out. So, sorry, it's recover underscore stronger. That would be it for Instagram. Um, um, so I think that is probably going to be um, – as much as we can pull Ali away from Sonny for tonight. If you have enjoyed the episode, you've got any questions for Sonny, then like I say, go along to the Instagram or send them to me, matt at the sta.co.uk. Um, and then I could forward them on to Sonia where um, she could maybe, you know, I'm sure she's got time um, during the day just to read your letters and answer them. That would be any problem at all for her. Um, next week, um, we're actually going to be back to eight o'clock. We're going to be on Wednesday because next Tuesday, obviously, is Halloween. So if you'd like to come and join us live uh, next week, then join us at eight o'clock on the Wednesday, the 1st of November. Um, my guest is going to be Alistair Beverly, the learning disability physio, LD physio, who's going to be in the STA Theatre at Therapy Expo on day two at 12.15 p.m. with his presentation, Keeping Your Hair On what you weren't taught about communication. That's again, oh, it's so difficult not to get excited about all of the topics, all the presentations, because obviously I chose these. So obviously I'm going to. But um, Alistair Beverly is going to draw on his wealth of information about working with people with learning disabilities and apply them to other people. Because at the end of the day, we're all people, which is like something which he you know, tries to teach um, uh, on his website and on his courses. So, yeah, keeping your hair on what you weren't taught about communication with Alistair Beverly. He'll be telling us all about that uh, next Wednesday, not Tuesday, Wednesday at eight o'clock. So if you want to join us there, just follow the social medias. Um, I think I've got about 30 seconds to say thank you to Sonia. Have you got any sound from Sonia? No, your sound went, Sonia. Got no sound from you. Something was clicked. I think I reckon Ali has pulled the plug on you. you There's now? no microphone. I think you're back. Can you hear me Say now? something. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, I think it was my... Um, <laughs> your beautiful phone. daughter. Just yeah, There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I've signed off for you. Thank you so much for giving us your Thank time. You. Thank um, you so much. And, yeah, sorry about the screaming. Not the no, that's problem. <laughs> you've got problem. You've got courses going on? Uh, I have, <laughs> sorry, she just started screaming as soon as I started talking. Um, I have a uh, mentorship, um, like one-on-one at the moment, uh, and yes. a course is uh, uh, coming, starting uh, early next year, so I'll talk more about this uh, um, probably in the next month, and then a therapy expo, I should have Fantastic. details of, of this, so... Amazing. Yeah, okay, right. Well, know. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time. I know it's been really hard trying to concentrate, listening to what I'm saying, and then baby um, <laughs> giving you the evil eyes. So thank you so much. Um, people in the live lounge, thank you very much for joining us. And hopefully we will see some of you next Wednesday at eight o'clock. But once again, thank you to Sonia Fieri. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good night, everyone. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Put evidence back into soft tissue therapy.